Consecration number one is God's mercy to me. Look at the first part of verse one. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Paul is here summarizing all of the great work of God in the 11 preceding chapters. God's mercy to completely fallen humans is the provision of his son. Now, that's what Romans is about. Romans 1, 2, and 3 is about the completely fallen humanity. And so completely sinful man was completely lost. And God provided complete righteousness through the complete sacrifice of his son. See, that's, that's what Romans is about. A completely fallen sinful humanity was completely hopeless. And so God himself offered the only complete provision in his son whose sacrifice completed all the righteous requirements of God. That's what Romans is so much about. And so God says, through that, a completely new life and purpose is possible. So in view of all that, of God's mercy, God calls us to, now because we are completely fallen and because we are completely hopeless and because Christ is the only one completely righteous and the only one that can offer a complete sacrifice, God asks us to respond by completely giving ourselves. Do you see how it flows? The book of Romans is building on our complete helpless, hopeless, and the complete sacrifice of Christ. And by the time we get all the way to chapter 12, Paul says, and so God said, because I've done all this, this is what I would like in return. This is the response that pleases me. Amazing to think about. In view of his mercy, God calls us to completely commit. Paul states our obligation to respond to what God has done. That's why he says, I beseech you. That's not mild. It isn't I suggest or it's an idea. You should consider this. He says, I be-. now that word beseech is fascinating. It's the same word uh, grouping of, of, of it, it's actually the underlying form for the Holy Spirit being the comforter, the parakaleo, the paraklete. This is the same word, parakaleo. Paul says, para, I come alongside of you and call you. So, so it wasn't a distant invitation. It's kind of like, kind of hard to resist someone that comes up to you, like a high schooler, and stops you in May in the hallway and looks you right in the eye and says, are you coming to my open house? And you look at them And you don't even know they're old enough to graduate. And you didn't even remember that you got an invitation. But you're looking them in the eye. It's much harder to resist that than a pile of letters in the mail. Do you understand? Parakaleo means someone comes right alongside of you and calls you to a response. That's verse 1. Paul says, I'm coming to you and beseeching you to completely commit to what God has offered us because of what he's done for us. Well, the more we comprehend God's amazing work, the more we want to surrender to him. Now, by the mercies of God, what is is Paul talking about, to use common language? Well, I put it this way. When we survey the cross. And let's let's just do that. Uh, Number 185. Grab your green hymn book there. There should be one somewhere around you, and you might have to look on with someone. This hymn by Isaac Watts, uh, 300 and some years ago, distills down what we're talking about. 
Watts was meditating on the work of Christ on the cross. And, and look what he says. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and poor contempt on all my pride. So what, what caused him to humble himself? Surveying what Christ did on the cross. See, Watts, this is his, this wasn't put to music for until af, after his lifetime. Uh, the fella, uh, Lowell Mason, that put in this beautiful hymn that we have was about 60 years after, after Watts. And this is such a powerful, powerful reminder of his personal devotions about the Lord. Look at the second stanza. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast. If I'm going to get up and talk about something, I want to make sure it's saving the death of Christ my God. Because all the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood. He spent so much to purchase me, I surrender back everything I have because of the mercies of God. Third stanza, see from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did e'er such love and sorrow meet, or thorns compose so rich a crown? Now the last stanza is the consecration stanza. And, and Watts beautifully says what Paul's asking us to do. So let's, let's read stanza four together. We'll go all the way into the... Uh, um, the ending. Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were a present far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Demands my soul, demands my life, demands my all. That's what surveying the cross, according to God, through the Apostle Paul, is supposed to do to us. I beseech you, therefore, on the, the basis of pondering what Christ sacrificed, what, what that cost God in Christ for us to purchase our salvation, we should respond in adoring surrender to him. So basically, Paul is saying, if we deepen our grasp on Christ's sacrifice, will deepen our surrender to God. People that think lightly of Christ's sacrifice surrender lightly to God. People that think deeply of what it costs Christ sacrifice deeply.